Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we discuss pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes both. I'm your host, Julia Washington. And on today's show, Natalie Katona is here and we are interrupting our regularly scheduled high school curriculum to discuss Bachelor Nation. The Bachelor Nation. The Bachelor Nation. For the first time in Bachelor history. Actually, for the first time in pop culture makes me jealous history. Love our show, but hate the commercials? Become a Pop Culture Club member on Patreon for $15 a month to receive ad-free episodes with bonus content, bonus episodes, a virtual meetup to discuss movies and television and pop culture news, and so much more. To learn more about how to become one of our Patreon pals, visit www.popculturemakesmejealous.com or visit the link in our show notes. The Bachelor first premiered on March 25th, 2002. Yes, that's correct. 2002. So even though this has nothing to do with high school, the show came to life 20 years ago and has spawned some of television's most train wreck shows. But before we dive into our discussion, let me introduce you to my guest. Natalie is the host of the podcast to all the men I've tolerated before each week. She and her guests do a deep dive on a particular instance. They were made to tolerate men, the patriarchy or misogyny and why they're done tolerating and ready to start thriving. So obviously, you know, I'm here for that shit. Welcome (laughs) to the show, Natalie. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me a platform to process why I am breaking up with my longest standing relationship, which I am breaking up with Bachelor Nation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. And also friends, I was on Natalie's show. She's on my show. You could see how there's crossover because race and gender issues and misogyny and tolerating bad male behavior. This is a good fit good fit. It's a good fit. So admittedly, I'm not bachelor nation, but I have seen a few episodes and have been on the peripheral of some of the drama. And I love the show unreal, which is on lifetime. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. And I loved, loved, loved the spoof of bachelor called burning love that was on comedy central. So for those of you out there like me, here's a quick summary of the shit show, an eligible bachelor or bachelorette dates, multiple women or men over several weeks to find their one true love. Since 2002, The Bachelor Nation has been a fantasy of unrealistic beauty standards and a world so white. When I searched the internet for Bachelor season one reviews, the results came back pretty empty. Rotten Tomato, who usually has everything written about everything ever about entertainment, literally came up with an error message when I clicked on season one. So seeing how I can't seem to find any original views of the show, we're just going to start where we always start anyway. And Natalie, you're going to tell us why do slash did you love this show? Let's stay in the present with do, and then we'll get into your breakup in a little bit. Okay. Um, I would like to point out that I was 13 or 14 when the show first aired and I am a completist. So as long as the show is going to keep running, why wouldn't I keep turning in? Yeah. And- And so here I am, a 13, 14-year-old, unattractive middle schooler or early high schooler, and I'm just watching these pretty people hand out roses. I say pretty people. um, You didn't find him, I guess, but Bob, I know his, like, last name started with a G and, like, rhymed with funny or something. He wasn't. (laughs) He wasn't pretty. (laughs) because it's 2002 so like the beauty standards haven't really hit yet right like you could still be like nat you could still be like pretty and like your body be soft Mm -hmm. right like you didn't have to be like tight and firm and fit to be pretty i'm using air quotes people at home can't see me using air quotes (laughs) oh shit Uh oh there we go all right you're watching these people go on like lavish trips and be like 
outfitted in diamonds and mm-hmm. like they're not allowed to eat on their dates but there's always a pretty uh plate of food in front of them and you're like oh it's a fantasy also, I don't think I could not eat if there's food in front of me. You, you can't eat because it does something awful to the mics of something about how your mic. Oh my God. Yeah. So then I also remember that 2002 was like, it's when I think we hit our prime on like love centered TV. Mm. Like. I was also a fan of Joe Millionaire. Oh my God, Joe Millionaire, (laughs) yes! Or like, he was just like an average guy with millions, right? And then they had to like figure out which one was the millionaire. No, it was one dude. One dude. And he he was a construction worker and they polished him up and they took him to etiquette classes and they were like, tell these women that you are a millionaire. That's right. And then at the end, he proposes to a chick and if she says yes I think they both got to split a million or they got a million to become millionaires and if she said no because they reveal that he's He's just um not a millionaire and that this has all been a lie Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's also just like the circus element of it all where it's like you know that it's not real and you know that this is in no way what romance should be like but you're just all in yeah it's like the constant meet cute in a way yeah it's a spectacle mm-hmm. it is just a spectacle spectacle is a right word mm-hmm. but do you think it influenced you in a way because you were so young to like even though like you knew it was spe- as a spectacle and you knew it was a fantasy do you think it impacted the way you approached dating I don't think it approached I think that I knew from a very early age that women who look like me do not belong on the bachelor and the bachelorette <laughs> And like every once in a while, you would see a woman in a one piece and you're like, oh, that's what they think fat women look like. So they put her in a one piece and then they're going to call that size inclusivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then funny women never really do great on The Bachelor and Bachelorette because they're outspoken. And then like America loves to turn their back on The Bachelor and Mm -hmm. Bachelorette contestants. And so I think I always knew from a young age, like, oh, this isn't for me. Yeah, I can't date men who belong on The Bachelor because they are looking for very pretty, put together, demure, like... Let no opinions. Yes. They're looking for the Vanna Whites of the world to yeah. like literally just touch a square <laughs> and have it light up. The thing about the no opinion, like the thing that always strikes me about the show in the few times I've seen it where they're always just like the girls are always just like the women are always just like, you know, I'm an independent person and I think for myself and you're just like, but do you, because you kind of just got sucked into some really interesting shit on the show. And I feel like I'm concerned about your critical thinking skills. (laughs) In these later seasons, finally, women have like taken a handle on this and they're like, wait, just because ABC says that this guy is likable, does that make him likable? And then they start to like go deep on their questions or like really be like, well, I have to make sure that you are also husband material. Mm -hmm. And I'm always for that, I think within the house or the mansion they always get like the oh my gosh look at her just trying hard and like why doesn't she just trust him like it's almost like a betrayal mm-hmm. to the showrunner if you're like okay well but do you like dogs you shouldn't care if he likes dogs you shouldn't care he's the bachelor you should just be but vi- you should just be blindly trying to win yeah. him over oh my god that's scary that's kind of scary mm-hmm. and it reinforces some really negative ideas about like you know girls lose yourself in your relationship kind of shit and then there's the isolation of it all because they don't have their cell phones right 
They have no access to like magazines, TV, books, anything. They have unlimited access to champagne. They have unlimited access to women they may or may not like. And they have kind of access to this rando dude. Yeah. Do you remember, I remember, and you might remember, you probably remember better than I do, but I remember there was a season where like one of the magazines got into the house and like, that was part of the promo where it was like, they'd gotten a hold of like some of the publicity that was happening about the show. And it was just like, dun, dun, dun. Right. And then, and like, that was like the biggest scandal of bachelor (laughs) history, but now we have reality Steve, who is a guy who either is married or dating or he is somehow connected to the bachelor series and he's constantly spoiling it for people because some people want to know the end result and like watch the love story unfold Mm. and some people are in it for the competition so like reality steve like psychoanalyzes everything and then he's like this is who's going to win or i have confirmed sources that this is who's going to win interesting Mm -hmm. the only season that i watched from beginning to end was his name jojo when aaron Rodgers' brother was on yeah that's the only one i watched from beginning to end and mostly because I feel like her bachelors were the most attractive group out of all of the bachelorette seasons that I had like started watching because, and I will say this again later in the show, I literally only watched the first episode of the bachelorette because who doesn't want 25 dudes vying for your love all at once? Like, pick me, pick me. Look at how hot I am. You're so pretty. Pick me. I always find the first episode the most boring because it's just like little vignettes of guys lifting (laughs) and they're like hi my name is drew and i'm 27 years old and i run a chiropractor's office however i also love protein powder (laughs) (laughs) hold on let me just get my uh protein powder real quick let me just get my shaker real quick and then we can go yeah, just hold on, please. <laughs> OMG. They're naked a lot. They are naked a lot, which is which also played into my idea that I was not a woman who could be on Bachelor Nation. And maybe that's why I am always so grateful when men want to have sex with me, <laughs> because I'm like, I can't be on The Bachelorette. You can't want to see me naked. But I feel like, I feel like. I feel like men of substance don't give a shit and that, yeah. And that makes me happy. And also conversely, like I like, yes, I love staring at a built body that looks amazing, but also at the same time, snuggling with somebody who was only sharp edges is not fun. Like Uh -uh. you can go sleep in your own bed because I need, I'm going to just cuddle up these pillows because they're soft and squishy. I'm going to spoon my body pillow while you go to that side of the bed. Yeah. Keep your elbows away, please. <laughs> right. I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a pregnancy pillow around me and a body <laughs> pillow behind me. So you can't poke me <laughs> in any form, <laughs> in any form. Cause I know what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we talked we talked on to all the men I've tolerated before about body image twice on mm-hmm. our show and dependent on the day it like I'm having a current low period in my body image. And I can't imagine that when I was 13 or 14 years old, this was the most healthy television I could be watching. Right. And then to just continue into it because now it almost is a way of living when you're in bachelor nation. Mm-hmm. Like people do brackets, people have parties. Chris Harrison, the host, was showing up to people's like finale parties. What? I was like, how do we get Chris Harrison into my house? Like, so when they say Bachelor Nation, like this is like an actual cult following situation. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. The bracket thing, that's wild. Oh yeah. You could do it like like men have fantasy football. I think that's a thing. I'm pretty sure. And then yeah, I think that's we thing. have our bachelor bachelorette brackets. And I've never done one because I'm never that organized. <laughs> but 
but people do and you can download them from the internet dang that's intense I don't know Mm -hmm. if I could I don't know I'm such a hopeless romantic that I don't know I think that's why I like shows like love is blind or Mm -hmm. there's another one that you and I kind of talked about offline a little bit that three male contestants and they had to um they're, they're, the women were standing in boxes yeah. in the very first episode and they had to like, but the men couldn't see them. I don't think they were picking them based on personality to be in the house or whatever. Yeah. And then anyway, I don't know, whatever. I'm just like, please just there, go ahead. There is something odd about the competition-esque aspect of it because on love is blind there's a little bit of competition because you can go back into the male house or the female Mm -hmm. house and like be like yeah shane likes me the best (laughs) and and then people get all in their head or whatever because you're all dating the same people um that didn't happen on my failed web series date inversion of love is blind because we were all just giggling (laughs) And like exchanging notes, like so-and-so said that the he was this tall. Cool, cool, cool. Like there are some people who ask really detailed questions yeah. like, oh, you got ages. That's right. I'm 32. I need to care about people's age. How right. old are people in those pots? Right. Because you know what I noticed is like, I think the oldest person on Love is Blind is 35. And then mm-hmm. I was trying to think about all the few times I've watched Bachelor. I'm like, was anybody over the age of like 32? I feel like the oldest person was like 32 on one of the seasons, I one of the episodes I watched. So we recently had our oldest bachelorette and she didn't even do a full uh, season. How old is Claire? I don't know. She's probably younger than me. (laughs) She is, so she's 40. So she, she's 40 currently. So she was probably 37 or 38 on her season. And she was very much marketed as the oldest elderly bachelorette (laughs) of our time. And she had been on one of the like original seasons. She was on like Juan Pablo season. We're talking like 2007-ish if I have to make a timeline to it. And she had done Bachelor. She had done a bunch of different seasons of Paradise. I think she did the winter games of the Bachelor shit. But she had never been the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And she finally gets to be the showrunner at 37 fucking years old. And it's the COVID season. Right? So it's just her in a La Quinta. And I remember texting my friend. I was like, if anyone was going to do the La Quinta season of The Bachelorette, of course, it would be fucking Claire. Because she's waited for so long. Yes. Like, ABC, I'm about to be 40. So it's now <laughs> or never. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's wild. Like, I feel like I really want, well, I don't feel like I definitely want, I really want a freaking um, matchmaker show for people that are only like the youngest is 35. Like you can't be younger than 35, maybe 33, because I feel like I don't want to watch a 27 year old talk oh. about how all of their relationship, like, like to me, I'm like at 27, yes, I had dated a lot of people, but also like, it's not as compelling as like in 10 years when you're like, now I've got my shit together. Maybe I'm 37 and I barely have my shit together, but you know, like now I have like a little bit of a better understanding and now I know what I want. So I feel like it'd be really fun to watch people who genuinely know what they want in a relationship 35 and older go for it. So I believe they're doing, or they were advertising like a senior citizen version of the bachelor bachelorette. And I asked my friends, I was like, should you guys nominate me for this? <laughs> it's like people in their fifties and sixties. And I was like, should you, I think, I think they're advertising it. Like it's 50 and 60 year olds, but I'm pretty sure they really mean me like yeah. at 33. That's what they mean by like the golden age right? for bachelor, bachelorette, elderly version. Very rarely do, or else like the guys are allowed to be a little bit older if mm-hmm. you're the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And then everyone that's in the pool is from like 20 to like 
28 oh and then you sprinkle in a couple of women in your 30 in their 30s and I was like please just pick someone age appropriate yeah please yeah and then you're just like leaving it up to a dude to be like I could pick someone who is age appropriate for me can you though I'm really like can you though you applied to be on the bachelor so we're gonna go with your judgment skewed just a smidge already and then they always get skewed as like the best friend like oh like we're dating but like you're really just like my gal on the inside of the house (laughs) telling me what the what the drama is or like mothering him (laughs) that's what they did like on um f boy island did you watch that one i love nikki leisure so i tried to watch fuck boy island so much oh my but god. i only made it through like two episodes oh my god i couldn't stop i couldn't stop and then i started live tweeting when i was watching it and one of the douchers like responded to my tweets mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like oh, okay this is how we get attention on twitter got it <laughs> Because like, I couldn't, I couldn't stand listening to those men talk. And then it's like, oh my gosh, are you a player or are you a real man? And I was like, jokes on all of us. They are all douchebags. Like that's the twist that we've all seen coming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of guys on there. I was just like, I date you. And they ended up being like the nice guy. But again, in real life, when you get them in real life, are they really, who knows? We are looking for advertising partners. When you support this podcast, you're supporting a woman-owned BIPOC small business. We're looking for other small business partners who want to get in front of an audience of like-minded folks looking to smash the patriarchy and make cultural change. If that's you, email us at popculturemakesmejealous to get started. Just put ad partner interest in the subject line. Can't wait to hear from you. Since The Bachelor has graced the airwaves, spinoffs of the show have emerged. The Bachelorette hit airwaves in 2003, Bachelor in Paradise showed up in 2014, and then you mentioned Winter Games. Yeah, there was a winter one. (laughs) Yeah. And so Bachelor in Paradise is amongst the more popular, but the franchise includes a touring show, podcasts, and a cult following that is a little scary. But what was the scariest is just how white this show is and just how much controversy hit Rachel Lindsay season. In 2018, the New York Times ran a review of two recently released books that take a deeper look at the phenomenon that is Bachelor Nation. And the writer of the article had this to say about the show. What's most striking is the participants' collective willingness to play along with their producer-shaped storylines, either in the hope of airtime or out of a sort of Stockholm Syndrome. So Natalie, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I want to get into it a little bit more. Tell me, why do you think there's such a willingness to play along and be a contestant on a show like this? So this is a really good question for me because I have almost a firsthand experience at this. What? Because during quarantine, um, an organization in Dayton ran its own Zoom online web series version of Love is Blind, and I was a contestant. What? It never never aired. It never aired. Oh, that makes me sad. I'd watch it. I know. It makes me sad, too, because I was going to send it to ABC and Netflix to get me on Your audition tape. That's Mm -hmm. totally your audition right there. 100%. So anyways... We did it. It was a week. I dated like 10 guys for 10 minutes and then it pared down from there throughout the week. And what I've noticed and what I noticed during Katie Thurston's season, which was the last season of The Bachelorette that I watched, there is like a pressure to the show where it's like, yeah, I'm here to quote unquote find love, but I am also the bachelorette for the season or I am the guy pining for the bachelorette this season and it becomes almost a job and almost a role that you are playing interesting so katie had this guy who we all thought was her front runner greg and we all thought that he was going the distance and she knew he was going to be her pick he knew he was going to be her pick but she wanted to finish out the show because she was the showrunner and the show can't happen if she bows out after she's made her choice. Mm-hmm. And Greg had a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not anyone was in the right or the wrong in that situation, 
I got a new clarity on Whitney Cummings podcast, Good For You, with Katie Thurston on it because she's like, you don't understand, like, they make it seem like it's your responsibility Mm. to hit these mile marks. And I'm like, no, I get it. Like, for 20 years, we've been watching the show and we're accustomed to hometowns. We're accustomed to fantasy suites. We're accustomed to there being a villain. It's a very scripted way of falling in love. And then if you don't play along with it, they don't know what to do with you. Plus there's your afterlife after the bachelor, bachelorette. This could be your future. It could be paradise. It could be Instagram followers. It could be podcasts that ABC pays you to do. As someone who wants to escape their day job, I could see myself because I did do it. I gave myself all over to the stupid little web series in Dayton. And I dated a guy for two months because I was like, this is going to be really great for the plot. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be the longest standing couple from this love is blind shit show. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to, I think they were like going to get us like a week at or a weekend at Hocking Hills. And I was like, and I'm going to get to go on a trip. Yes. When I, and that's part of the problem. Well, not the part of the problem, but the appeal of being on the bachelor bachelorette is you're going to Croatia. You're going to Paris. You're go, you are jet setting. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes I am willing to pretend that I like you for a trip. <laughs> I get that. I like, when I left my job, I was like, man, there goes all my free vacations because they, ha- you have to do training. And so it's like, where is the training happening that? I also want to visit Palm Springs. Okay. Santa Barbara. Yeah. Okay. San Luis Obispo. Okay. Like, yes, <laughs> I went to Dallas one time, not exactly in my ideal setting of a trip, but I have friends there. So it worked out. I got to see my friends without having to pay any money to do it. And then what unreal kind of shed some light on is that people who are going to go the distance with the showrunner get their own producer. Mm-hmm. So then you're having a person one-on-one coaching you and being like, come on, we can do this. Come on. We've got this. Yeah. And so then there's that also false sense of security and building a relationship. And I do think that the show really does a great job orchestrating that you do believe that you have real feelings Mm. for the showrunner. Yeah. It's like when you're in high school and your friend's like, oh, I heard so-and-so has a crush on you. Like in Clueless, when she's Mm -hmm. like, I saw Elton was talking about you. He gave you, you gave him a sweet tooth. And she's like, what? Oh my God. And then just falls down that rabbit hole of like, Elton likes me. He doesn't. Elton was the worst character (laughs) in Clueless. But I do love the rolling with the homies. homies, And I love Jeremy Sisto. He was great in suburbia. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. I'm just going to let that sit for a moment. But it did something to my brain because I am also a consumer of reality TV. So I have- Not just dating reality TV, but like general reality TV across the board. We were a big super nanny family. We oh, were yeah. Survivor. I love the mole. Oh, right. I forgot about that show. Um, American Idol, Mask Singer. I love also reality. A girl I went to high school with was the top 10, one of the top 10 contestants in the first season of American Idol. Oh. And we were all Cal- like, obviously, because she sings, like she would always sing the national anthem yeah. at graduations and stuff. I wonder if she'll be at our 20 year reunion, which is happening this year. It'd be interesting. So I get it because my brain also went into like, okay, this is how you like orchestrate like the cute, funny, fun banter. Mm -hmm. I still have friends that were on the live or not the live stream, the web series with me. And they were like, I didn't know what to fucking do during those confessionals because they would make us tape confessionals about the night. And I was like, you didn't know how to how to do a, a confessional. And they're like, you did. I was like, yeah, I watched the bachelor every year. So I would be like, okay, so, and then I would, I took on a whole ass character. Like this is my moment to be on reality TV and I'm going to do it. 
I love that. I feel like, um, I'm always feeling like I'm being in, like, I'm, I'm prepared to be interviewed yeah. all the time because I'm just talking to myself in the car, like something happened and I'm debriefing in the car to myself. And I'm sure people are probably like, Oh, she must be on the phone. I'm not on the phone. Mm-mm. I'm debriefing that interaction. I just had telling no one, but myself, what just happened and how well, I feel about it. I'm always crafting my statement. Yes. I should have been a PR person because when I see bad statements, I'm like, that could have been better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, I struggle with that. I work in communication. So I also, mm-hmm. I feel your pain. Cause there are times where I'm just like, I, do, yeah, I know you have a team and that's what you put out. And then you have to also combat the story that the bachelor bachelorette crafts for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're the villain, that's how America knows you forever. Yeah. There's- Kristen Cavallari knows the hard lesson in that. Yeah. And Luke something, he, I don't even think his name is, oh, Luke P on Hannah Brown's season. My sister watched one episode with me and she was like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? I was like, he's evil incarnate. He's evil. And I had a friend where he would watch Monday night. I would watch Tuesday because I have Hulu. And then on Wednesday, we'd get in his little office of a closet and we'd be like, bah, 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 Luke P, da, 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 da. Hannah Brown is famously the bachelorette who screamed, yeah, I fucked in a windmill and I did it four times. <laughs> because that guy was trying to slut shame her for doing the show. Yeah, yeah. So it's also like, once you have that identity on the bachelor, bachelorette, you have it forever. Oh man. And it's just so it's consuming. So I understand why these 20 somethings Mm -hmm. who probably do want to be some sort of famous. I love when they like, when someone's like, oh my gosh, he follows Kim Kardashian on Instagram. He's just here for the fame. Aren't you all? Yeah. just like villainize people for trying to get clout and followers I was like isn't that what we're all doing yeah that's kind of that's kind of why we're all on social anyway yeah yeah I get it I get why it people just give themselves over to the process do you think that what how do you think they would have painted you if you were on the bachelor um So number one, when I was on our little version of love is blind, I was very much the free spirited one. And like, I had nothing to lose. So like, I would tell those guys, yeah, I keep crystals in my bra and this, that, and the other, because it's literally a black screen. What do I care? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that I would also be the funny girl that gets pushed to the side. Okay. Sometimes the funny girl gets to be the showrunner. Sometimes the funny girl gets to be on the first round of paradise. So it still like works out to be the funny best friend girl Mm -hmm. of the show. Mm -hmm. But it's also really hard to be the funny girl because if you're also gathering a lot of attention, then the house is mad at you. Yeah. I would be like the dude's best friend or like the wacky one, the one who's like drinking moon water and like talking about auras (laughs) and stuff. Nice. Um, Reading all of the girls tarot. Yes. One season there was a spy. Um, The bachelor had his best friend's wife or someone or his best female friend be in the house with the women and then she would report to him. And my mom and I, because my mom used to watch the show with me too. My mom and I were like, that would be the best job. Yes. Because like you could show up to the rose ceremony and everyone's in a gown and you're eating like Ben and Jerry's out of a tub in your robe. Yeah. And you're you're like, what? Yeah. Were we supposed to dress up? And they're like, (laughs) we don't get what the fuck is up with Natalie because she barely acts like she cares about this. Yeah. It's like, and then eventually I think it was like four weeks in he like, they revealed that she was a spy. Oh my God. I love that. I would want to be the spy. I'd exactly. be a spy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. For our friends at home, 
these next sentences mean nothing to me because I have, as I've mentioned before, I'm not the bachelor nation, but Natalie, I understand that Caitlin Bristow's season is your favorite season. So can you please tell me why? And when, when did her season air? How long? Oh my gosh. I looked this up. So she was on farmer Chris's farmer um, Chris. Is that really what they called him? Yeah. Cause he was a farmer. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. And no one talks about him anymore because I think he was like part of a vehicular homicide or something. <gasps> Yikes. Yeah. Disney's so, like, we gotta get as far away from this guy. Yeah. I don't know the exact years. I know that it was, oh, it was season 11 that she was on. And the thing about Caitlin was there were two women who were like complete opposites, Caitlin and this other woman, Brit. ABC couldn't decide who would make the best front runner. So they put them both on the premiere and they had the men vote on who they wanted to date. Oh my God. So I remember liking Caitlin over Brit. I remember liking them both. But then Caitlin was another, she was the funny girl. So mm-hmm. you wanted to root with for her she was outspoken she would be us with people she was sarcastic or whatever and then I like Caitlin the best because she was always like just also like well yeah I made out with the dudes what else are we supposed to do yeah isn't that what you're supposed to do right or like her season they really tried to paint her as like the slutty bachelorette like oh look at God. her sleeping around i was like don't we all sleep around yeah. on the show yeah and isn't that what the just... what the whole the, the fantasy yeah suite? that's the whole point right because there's no so, cameras in there so the guy that caitlin slept with before fantasy suites on the bachelorette or was like made to believe that she slept with nick Bayel. He used to be a bachelor, bachelorette villain because he would show up to uh, seasons and he'd stir stuff up. And he was also the first person to admit on an after the rose that they had had sex and he threw his bachelorette under the bus. And he's like, if you didn't love me, why did you make love to oh, me? And oh, it, boo. Yeah. Boo. Yes. And like, he still keeps to like hang around. And every time he's around, I was like, didn't we as a bachelor nation decide that we don't like Nick, but it always fell on the women. Like Nick Vial would show up and like stir things up and then he'd wound. Mm. And then it was the women who were mean or unfair to him. Oh, that sounds like real life. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You hurt me. But when yeah, art you get... imitates life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Rude. Rude. Okay. Hey, friends. Did you know that I have spoken about representation in media and literature other than just on the podcast? I've been booked to speak at company meetings, panel discussions, voiceovers for commercials and video narratives, and to moderate discussion panels. To learn more about how you can book me for an event, just shoot me an email. Pop culture makes me jealous at gmail.com. Use speaking engagement as the subject line. Looking forward to working with you. We really can't talk about the show without talking about Chris Harrison, the now former host of The Bachelor shows. He was fired in June of 2021. The Bachelor franchise doesn't exactly have a reputation for being super diverse. NPR ran an op-ed in June 2020 titled Dismantling the Bachelor's Racist and Sexist Elements Has Only Just Begun. I've mentioned earlier and on the show many times before that the only time I watch anything Bachelor Nation is usually the first episode of The Bachelorette because because I want 25 guys chasing after my love and affection and doing all the things for me. Um, Because I find that a little bit more tolerable than like what they do to the women. I don't know why I don't hate it when they do it to the men, but I hate it when they do it to the women. So Natalie, let's talk a little bit about the Chris Harrison controversy and the uh, events leading up to his termination. Cause I feel like all of this, and I'm could be wrong because again, I'm not Mm -hmm. bachelor nation, but I feel like all of this really was something brewing about, you know, the show being homogenous was coming because, you know, Rachel Lindsay had 
stuff. And she still actively like speaks out from time to time if she's asked about it, her time on Bachelor and like all the stuff. So let's just like get into it. Sure. The Chris Harrison thing, as a person who's watched the show from her youth and believed that, and again, it comes down to the good and the bad binary, what makes a good person, what makes a bad person. But when you're just like a person who's watched a show for 20 years and has just like said out loud, if only Chris Harrison could fix my love life Mm. because his role on the show is to basically be your parent. Mm -hmm. So if you're the front runner and you're about to have a meltdown, here comes Chris. Oh, if you're the front runner and one of your top people, if you're the showrunner and one of your top people quits and now you feel like you should quit too, that was the person I was going to propose to. Here comes Chris Harrison. Mm. And his whole job was to not only say, ladies, this is the final rose of the evening or in a bachelor nation's first, his job (laughs) was to coddle the showrunner so a show could happen. Mm. So it's a very endearing and it's a very parental role. And for any of us who have parent issues, you're just like, I love you, Chris Harrison, please hug me. And then Matt James's season happened. And Chris was great to Matt James. I will go down and say that being the first Black man as the showrunner on The Bachelor, and it only happens as The Bachelor is getting all of this shit for how Mm -hmm. it treats its people of color. Mm -hmm. I also believe behind the scenes, there was like some switcheroo, like they were going to give it to someone from the former season and then like they started to get heat and they were like "Ooh, switcheroo so was matt james not a previous contestant he was brand new to the franchise he was brand new and we haven't had a brand new person be a showrunner in a hot minute yeah because isn't that the point of the bachelorette they pluck somebody from bachelor and make her bachelorette and then they pluck somebody from black bachelorette and then they make him bachelor like that's the whole so incestual cycle matt james was a friend of someone who was on the bachelorette tyler cameron i think his name is watch me say like i didn't remember any of their names and they're all just (laughs) coming to me so chris harrison did a beautiful job so like supporting matt james into what i cannot imagine was a mountain to climb yeah because not only are you the first black bachelor but you are also brand new to the shit show of a franchise because it's like at this point people understand what they're getting into Mm -hmm. when they apply to be on the show yeah when was his season what year was his season was it in 2021 Mm -hmm. okay yeah it was the second bachelor it was the first bachelor season of the pandemic but it was like after the first bachelorette so the second of bachelor nation gotcha now, all of this happens before all of the show shenanigans happen before uh, America gets to watch it. Like we're not watching it in real time. Right. So ABC is already well aware of who wins, who he proposes to, who he may or may not be kind of living with or like mm-hmm. having a secret long distance relationship, all of it. And then that Rachel girl, some unsavory photos come out of her in her sorority girl days or whatever. And she's dressed in a, in a Southern bell outfit. I don't know what it's called because I'm not a historical customer at a plantation and the whole world goes yikes. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. Indeed. I also went yikes. And then I start paying attention. Because now this girl who made a choice in her early 20s, right or wrong, is being labeled the racist contestant on The Bachelor. Oh. And then I start paying attention to the way that they're editing the show. And I remember texting my friend. I was like, he's going to pick her. ABC is 
floundering right now. I go, she's it. She's the end of it. And now she's their biggest scandal. Mm. And they know that at the end of the day, he's getting down on one knee in front of her. So then Chris Harrison goes on Rachel Lindsay's talk show. And she asks him about it. And he, it was really hard to watch because again, this isn't Chris Harrison helping his buddy Matt out. This is Chris Harrison's job. So I'm yeah. sure he has things that he is allowed to say and things that he's not allowed to say. Right. And he has the added pressure of she's the winner. So you can't mess with that. Right. We have to stand by her because she's winning our show. So I don't know the exact instance and I don't know the exact line of questioning, but I know that Rachel pushes back on one of Chris's answers. Cause she's become he, at this point, very outspoken about the racism and the issues that bachelor nation has had. What? And she's not holding back anymore at this point, no, really 100%. She's a hero. She is a hero because when I look at her Instagram post and I click on comments, it is always a mistake because I am disgusted with yeah, the way pe- that bachelor nation treats her. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Because they want her to shut up and just be happy that she was on the show. Yeah. Is basically like, every comment. Like, well, who are you? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's basically like, how dare you spit on the hand that fed you? Oh. Um, so she pushes back on Chris and Chris just starts to spiral. Because mm. he's like, well, and I understood the point that he was trying to make. Because it's also kind of a point that I've tried to make with people where it's like, I would never want to be held accountable for anything that I did Mm -hmm. when I was 19 Mm -hmm. as a 33-year-old who's grown. Yeah, that's a slippery slope that our society is falling into because was there growth? Has this person grown from that? Have they, have they continued to behave in such ways that are kind of grotesque over the next 10, 15 Mm -hmm. years, or has there been growth? Have they acknowledged that like, maybe that was a problem, but maybe because they were young and isolated, they didn't understand it was a problem or all the things, all the things you're a problem Mm -hmm. because you're not growing, but now you're maybe you're 35 and you did something at 15 and you've grown, right? The you've done the work as they like to say. I think that the mistake that ABC did, and I understand why they made this choice, but they never let Rachel, the woman whose Instagram photos leaked, mm-hmm. they never let her make a statement until the show was over. Oh, they, I don't know if they put her in hiding in a bunker or whatever, but you never heard from her. And I think Disney bunkers probably like fucking yeah. legit. So Chris was trying to make the point, we haven't heard from her yet, so Mm. I don't want to take a stance on this until she's allowed to take a stance on this, because then I will have the whole story. Yeah. We don't want to wait for the whole story, guys. Nobody wants to wait for, Twitter does not want to wait for the whole story. They want you to be angry right now. (laughs) Right. He gets so flustered though, that it's almost like, Instead of just saying like, I haven't heard from her mouth yet, why she took those pictures or she hasn't been allowed to make a statement yet or whatever. So I'm going to cool my statement on it. He instead goes, well, we've all been young once and sometimes we don't know the ramifications of things that we have done. And Rachel rightfully so is just like, I think people are well aware of why plantations are hurtful. I think people are well aware of what happened there. And he just progressively got worse, more flustered because he's not prepared. He's not been media trained and how to handle this shit, but he should have been. I was like, ABC, you have enough money. And that's why my conspiracy theory is they were going to divert attention to Chris and let him take the fall and pay him out Maybe he was already saying like, hey, after my next couple of years under contract, I want to go or whatever. Mm -hmm. But my sinking suspicion is, is they let him take the fall for it. They bought him out. 
And now he has a wedding rain line that pops up on my Instagram and he just gets to live in happy retirement because they wanted to divert attention away from the actual issue at hand. Yeah. Now around this time, Claire and Dale get back together. I am also convinced that that was part of the conspiracy. My friend's Mm -hmm. friend went to a bachelor party and Claire and Dale were there because like one of the grooms, like the, I think Dale was a groomsman. Oh, and my friend Carly's like, Claire and Dale are back together. I go, of course they're back together because what else will divert attention from this is your two hot messes getting the fuck back together. Yeah. Like, so as we know, Disney and ABC, they're tricky mm-hmm. and they orchestrate, I fully believe that they orchestrate your lives after the bachelor bachelorette too. I believe it because of the, all the things that come from it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know who it is that hosts the tour, but I think I told you when we were chatting on your podcast that our, um, we were performing art center and every mm-hmm. year the bachelor comes through and one of the local guys gets to be the person and then they go through and pick local girls to be the Mm -hmm. contestant and it's really interesting because here's why it's really interesting every year I have a friend who's like you should be a contestant on the local show and I'm just like no no I don't want to I've dated enough in this town I understand what's out there this show (laughs) isn't gonna help me Well, and then you have to think about like all of the things that happen behind the scenes of the bachelor bachelorette. You have to take psych tests. I believe there's like a medical physical. You have to take a psych test and we're still getting what's happening on this show. Oh, because I don't believe that those psych tests are there. I mean, it happened on unreal where they had a woman take a psych test and a lot of stuff showed up. Yeah. And then they had the, all of the therapist notes because they did the right thing and have a therapist on site. And then they use that woman's trauma yeah, to have her have a meltdown yep. on that Unreal show. And I was like, you know, that's what happens on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Yeah, because the gal who created Unreal used to work on that on mm-hmm. Bachelor. And so some of the stuff, like the whole, when they um, had, when they interviewed the two lead gals from Unreal, they they had just finished the season where they had a black bachelor for the first time in history. Well, I don't think they call him a bachelor. I think they called him something else on that. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. The point is. Um, and they commented, the actresses commented, you know, what's interesting is that after we did that season, guess who announced doing having a, a black contestant on the show? And that was Rachel Lindsay was the contestant. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. What is happening? now you guys have now just convinced me that everything that happened in unreal is what actually happens in the behind the scenes of the bachelor and i have to imagine because i think like okay so i watch a lot of married at first sight and you basically have to take like the relationship sat to be on married at first sight because that's how they match you up Hmm. But I have to believe that if they're actually paying for like psychs to be on site and therapist and psychoanalyst test and whatever, they're not doing that for your benefit. No, they're doing it to get a good story. Really great fucking TV. Yeah. Yeah. And two, it's probably a nice CYA if something does hit the fan. Mm -hmm. Well, you could say, well, we had the support there, but who's to say, you know, when somebody's just driving the knife into your side, trying to get the best story out of you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I still want to see a 40 and over (laughs) version. Cannot wait to be a contestant on the 40 and over uh, bachelor and be all like, Hey, I'm like the young floozy. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's just honestly love is blind and, um, married at first sight and the ones where it's like more focused on a one-on-one relationship Mm -hmm. and not like we're dating 25 people they have become my preference because you actually get to see whether or not that relationship will work yes I was just telling my friend this the other day I said love it was blind is such an interesting human experience and they're very careful about calling it a human experiment right Mm -hmm. and I love it because when they do the big reveal you know before the big reveal this is my soulmate. I love them so much. Da, 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 da. We're going to have all these babies. It's going to be amazing. 
big reveal and the body language is everything everything and you're like he's going in for a hug and she's like <laughs> backing up and you're yeah. just like where's your soulmate now bitch like mm-hmm. bo- both of them not limited to just calling bitch women bitch yeah. but the man too because they're you know over time sometimes the guy can be like oh, i don't think this is right um but it's so it's just i just i'm because obs- human behavior is so fascinating to me that mm-hmm. i think that love is blind feels more like a social because they call it a social experiment whereas the bachelor just feels like you know what was fun in high school when all of the girls were fighting over like the most popular guy let's do that but for tv (laughs) and And with adults who can drink i think that's why it's starting to run its course too i don't know how you have like white privilege on tv in the year 2022 and still think that that's gonna fly because it's just so opulent it's like where is all this money coming from? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, everyone's in a prom dress and like, people are tired of that. Yeah. Because so many people are currently struggling, me included, that yeah. I'm like, I don't have any patience for this anymore. Yeah. I get that. If I sat through like four episodes, like the first episode on the marathon of keeping up with the Kardashians, I could sit through the second one, the third one. Okay. By the fourth one, I'm just like, you guys are so fucking filthy rich that like, Mm -hmm. I can't anymore. Like pay out, help me with like, yes, I went to school and I took out loans to do it. A number one school shouldn't be so expensive that I needed loans. Right. And two, like, I'm going to live the rest of my life. Like I'm always in this battle with my financial person about like, should I put this money towards my student loan or in retirement? And my stance is like, doesn't matter what I do with my fucking retirement. If I'm paying student loans while I'm living in an assisted living facility. Right. (laughs) Like, so like, you know, it just gets to that point where just like actual struggles are starting to take over my mind's place. And this is no longer enjoyable an enjoyable escape. Like, I think it was the last season that I watched where I was like, it's just starting to feel really capital, like district one in the hunger games. Like they're the capital. (laughs) Yeah. And we're all just supposed to be watching them on TV mm-hmm. because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, it feels icky Yeah, now. It just feels icky. Which is why you're going through Which is breakup. why, I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even interested. Like I turned it on and I was like, nope, this is boring. And I turned it right back off. Married mm-hmm. at first sight though. Every time a new season drops on Hulu, I'm like, oh, I should call off work for the next couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> because Married at First Sight also, like the body chemistry, like the body language is everything. You walk down that aisle and then all of a sudden someone's dragging their feet. Yeah. And then there's always some really emotionally immature dude who talked a really good game about mm-hmm. how he wanted to be married. And then he wakes up that next day and he's like, I think I'm married. Yeah. And then he gives his partner the silent treatment for the entire show. And she's just like left in the dust. Oh, that's really sad. I was laying in bed last night and I was like, I should go on Twitter and see if anyone's tweeted this probably already have, but hear me out. Love is blind celebrity edition. Yes. Yes. Commingle it though. You have like half the male team of celebs and half the female team of celebs, and the other half of those teams are quote normal people. Yeah. Yes. Because if you think about it, it would make sense for celebrities because that's their hurdle, right? Are you Mm -hmm. dating me because I'm a celebrity and I'm wealthy? Or are you dating me for me? Love is blind is your answer. What I quickly found out as I dated the person that I chose on my fake version of Love is Blind is anyone can say anything in a pod. Yeah. Um, And it's really hard to distinguish if someone's being genuine, if you're not actually looking at them. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I had an instant where I thought that this guy um, said something because he had really like listened and connected and he was like, really reading who I was as a person and then I picked him Mm. and entered a two-month toxic relationship with him and I remember bringing that moment up and he was like I was bullshitting you during that like I was joking 
Sometimes I wish my life was a buttoned up rom-com and sometimes I wish my life was the first episode and the first episode only of The Bachelorette. (laughs) Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. Can you tell our friends at home where they can find you if they want to keep up with you? Sure. So my podcast is called To All the Men I've Tolerated Before. We release episodes every Thursday. Um, You can find me on Instagram at men I've tolerated pod and Natalie K124. And that's where my link tree is to find me on TikTok. Email me, find the show's episodes, catch me on Fireside where I do live streams every other Monday so people can actually talk to me about the men (laughs) they've tolerated before. Things like that. Fun stuff. Thank you again for being on the show. And friends, thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you so much for having me.